Welcome everyone to episode three of Pog RX. I am your host, GamerDoc. We've got a, another very special episode for you. Hopefully they're all gonna be very special, but this one is great because have first chief wellness officer of any esports organization, Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein on as our guest. Misfits is the first organization to create the role, but they're not going to be the last. And I know they're not gonna be the last for a lot of reasons. One is I know this stuff works, right? I'm spending my Saturday afternoon recording a podcast instead of sitting in a pool, 90 degree weather. I'm doing that because I know this stuff works, but also because we've seen it work in traditional sports. Like I've said before, there are comparisons to traditional sports that we can use. There are some that don't use, but we get to pick and choose, right? We get to pick and choose, that's the luxury. So why I know it works is because if you look at the list of people employed by professional athletics organizations, right, just generally associated with health and fitness, the list is huge. It's expansive, it's huge, right? So you've got your sports medicine doctor, you have your team doc, your head team doctor, then you have your assistant team doctors. Sometimes there's even four or five for some NFL teams, for some NHL teams. Then you've got your chief medical officer, right? Those are the ones in the C-suite. Those are the ones making the decisions that impact the organization and the team. You've got athletic trainers. You've got personal trainers. You've got strength and conditioning coaches. You've got physical therapists. You've got occupational therapists. You've got dietitians, nutritionists, sports psychologists, masseuses, exercise physiotherapists. The amount of professionals who put their hands and who are helping professional, traditional athletes is huge. It's huge, right? It's huge. And you know how we know they work? Because what does the NFL care about at the end of the day, right? Above all things, what does the NFL care about at the end of the day? Money, right? They're making money. They want to make money. We know that. We know that. And if these positions that are costing them money didn't have a return of investment, they wouldn't exist. If it was a government job, that's another thing, right? If it's in another industry, that's another thing. But the entertainment sports world is designed to make money and they are constantly trimming the fat, constantly trimming the fat. These positions exist. And if they did not prove ROI, if they didn't work, they would not exist, plain and simple, right? So, you know, it, it's hard to say that to esports organizations. If you're someone who's listening to the podcast who provides an esports health, who provides an esports medical service, the hardest part is getting organizations to spend money on you because you haven't proven your ROI because they've probably never interacted with a sports psychologist before. They've probably never interacted with an esports performance coach before. So they don't know what you say you're going to do if you're actually going to do it. That's another luxury we don't have in esports. And it's hard to see when you're sitting in a C-suite, right? You have X amount of dollars to spend in a year and you are asked a simple question like, how much money are we gonna put in the team budget for snacks? And so you make, you make up a number without doing any of research. And so people go out and they buy pretzels and they buy chips and they buy energy drinks and Hot Pockets and pizza rolls, the stuff that's cheap and people want to eat and the healthy organic snacks cost extra, right? You're not gonna buy peanuts, you're not gonna buy walnuts, you're not gonna buy trail mix and oranges because they'll go bad. 
that's the logical decision. But in the long run, those small choices can have a huge impact, right? Healthy behaviors and healthy habits are exponential. And what I mean by that is once you start with one change, the rest become easier. You start working out all of a sudden and all of a sudden you want to eat healthier. You're eating healthier foods. You're drinking more water. You're going to bed early because you're so tired from doing split squats for half an hour and you can't stand up anymore. So the only option is to pass out in bed. And you're going to drink some water because you're so thirsty. Your mouth feels like the Sahara Desert. Healthy behaviors become more exponential the more you add on. So if the first change you make is healthy snacks, that little, little difference is going to have huge impact in the long run. We're losing players at the top of their game to small changes. Small issues cause paramount consequences, right? So we're losing players at 23, 24, the height of their game. We're losing them to things like injury and burnout. They're retiring. They become coaches. They become C-suite people. Why is that happening? And, and one of the things that, I want to, that we're going to talk about today is burnout. Because burnout is like safe space, right? They're buzzwords that people throw around with have no idea what they really mean. If, you, if I ask you what burnout is, what does it mean? You get tired of doing the thing that you want to, you, you're doing. You can't do it anymore, right? That's essentially what burnout is. But where burnout comes from, it comes from physical and mental exhaustion that undermines your ability to perform your job and to work effectively. Burnout comes from a couple of things. One of them can be increased pressures, increased time demands at work, more stressors. So say your practice schedule doubles and instead of doing scrims for four hours in the morning, you're now scrimming, doing two hours of VOD review, doing two hours of other things, and then you're going home and solo queuing. That's that increased pressure, that time demand. Or maybe you suddenly get a new coach and you and the coach are butting heads, right? That new stressor is going to lead to burnout. Um, disliking your job. So when gaming becomes something that you choose to do and transforms to something that you have to do, suddenly you may realize you don't like League of Legends anymore because you're being forced to do it. And so if you don't like playing League of Legends anymore and your professional career is to play League of Legends, that's going to be a problem. That's going to lead to burnout. Being underprepared. So say you are on the practice squad and you get thrown in because your ADC got injured and can't play anymore. And you feel like you're underprepared and underskilled for that competition and you get put in that position for a while, that's going to lead to burnout, right? Feeling you don't have control over a situation. This is one of the coolest ones because it's one of the ones where we can affect the most, right? So if I'm a player and I don't feel like I know if I'm going to make the team, right? I don't know if I'm going to be on the practice squad or I'm going to be the one performing in that tournament in a month because I don't have control over the situation. I don't know what player the coach is going to pick, what qualifications, what requirements, right? Is it just based on kill count? Is it based on assists and kills? Is it based on, if, if you're talking about league, how much gold you generate, right? How many minions you kill? How many last hits can you get? What is it based on? So if you're a, a coach or a player or an org, giving people control is huge, huge. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is taking the temperature of the people in your organization. Talk to them because they will talk back. Ask them questions. 
and, and you'll be able to get a handle pretty quickly on if they're burnt out or not if you have an honest conversation with your employees, right? Early signs of burnout. So how do you know if someone you're talking to has early signs of burnout or if you have early signs of burnout? Because it could be you, right? So what I like to say is early signs of burnout are like Fortnite Twitter or Fortnite Twitch chat when aim assist was a big thing, right? Ah, controller players are trash. You just killed me, man. Laser beams, L2 spammer. Whoa, everyone was switching to controller and everyone was getting really angry about aim assist. Every time you died, aim assist, aim assist, aim assist. It couldn't matter if you decided to third party a team when you're hundreds of yards away from storm with no white heels. It doesn't matter, right? It's aim assist fault. It's not your fault, it's aim assist fault. You're starting to blame things that aren't the cause of what's happening. You start to be more cynical. You start to be more toxic, right? Because if you say, I don't like that thing, then you have more control over the situation, right? You're the reason you don't like the thing, not because it doesn't suit you. Fortnite Twitch chat. You know, so becoming another early sign of burnout is becoming less efficient, right? Are you taking longer time to do the same task? If you're editing YouTube videos of your content, is that 20 minute video suddenly taking you two hours when before it took you 40 minutes? You're becoming less efficient, early signs of burnout. So how do we prevent burnout, right? How do you prevent burnout? Self-care, another one of those buzzwords. Self-care doesn't mean sit in a bubble bath, put on a face mask, light some candles, sing kumbaya. To some people it might, to some people it might. But self-care means focusing on the things we talk about in this show week after week. Exercise, nutrition, sleep. Giving your body what it needs. Your car's not gonna run if it doesn't have gasoline. Your car's not gonna run if the oil hasn't changed. Your car's not gonna run if it doesn't have blinker fluid. That was a joke. Yet somehow we expect our bodies to run on four hours of sleep. Yet somehow we expect our bodies to run on a Red Bull, right? With no protein, with no slow release carbs. Why do you expect more of your body than you expect of everything else in your life? Start to focus on self-care and everything is going to become easier. I guarantee, I guarantee it. Aside from focusing on self-care, trying to figure out what is stressing you out. Introspection is one of those things that you get better with as you get older, but the faster you get better at it, the easier life's gonna be. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why am I stressed out right now? Oh, I'm stressed out right now because I just got a new duo partner and he is so annoying. I'm stressed out right now because my jungler is not roaming down in my lane and I don't feel like I'm getting enough ganks from him. I'm stressed out right now because my trio partner in Warzone takes all the loot. I get the kill, he takes all my loot. Why are you stressed out? Find the source of it because then you can start to change things. Have the conversation with your trio partner and be like, hey dude, I noticed you've been like kinda, you know, taking all my loot. Do you mind not being a trash panda? Talking about what's stressing you out and fixing what's stressing you out also puts more control into your hands, right? And lastly, finding a community organization that more aligns with your goals. If you're in an org, if you're on a team that you do not gel with, find a new organization. 
because we have to demand more out of our esports organizations. They have millions of dollars, millions of dollars to focus on the things that matter. And we're seeing organizations do the right things. We're seeing misfits hire a chief wellness officer, paying someone to do this job. It's possible. It's possible. And it is the future. We need to put more pressure on organizations to do better because we see success like misfits, right? It's not the player's responsibility to make sure they have healthy food before a tournament. It's the organization's responsibility because you are the one who's going to benefit the most from it. It is the role of the organization to create healthier gamers because you are the ones creating, maintaining, and changing the culture. You are the ones setting the cultures for your teams and setting the expectations for everyone around. One esports org hires a sports psychologist, their play improves, and all of a sudden everyone wants a sports psychologist. That is going to continue to happen until we all have the resources, right? And the org that figures this out the soonest is going to be the most successful org. And I know that because what have we said in the beginning of the episode, right? I know that. Imagine if an NFL team didn't have an athletic trainer. Imagine. That seems ridiculous. But... It is the reality we live in right now. Okay? So how do we change that? How do we change the esports org culture? How do we get everyone to be on board? That's what we're going to do today. That's what we're talking about with Dr. Rubenstein after this short break. After this short break. So I want to give you, you know, a couple tools you can implement every single episode to change your game. And so today for your POG prescription, your POG RX, we are gonna be working on a very simple hand-eye coordination drill, okay? So we're gonna take a quick break, do this hand-eye coordination drill, see you soon. An easy way to work on hand-eye coordination is by grabbing a tennis ball, a juggling ball, or whatever you have close by. You're gonna start by throwing the ball up into the air. The goal isn't to throw it too high, but to track the ball with your eyes. After you've done this a few times, now try throwing the ball from hand to hand. You can vary your arc and height to make it harder. Cross-training with hand-eye coordination drills outside of aim trainers not only works on your coordination, but will improve your accuracy and performance. All right, y'all, that is a simple, easy exercise you can do in between matches. Hopefully you don't smash anything. If you do, GamerDoc and PogRx assume no liability for your trash aim. Practice better. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is time for our guest. I've been talking about her all show. Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein is a PhD and licensed psychologist. She is the chief wellness officer 
at Misfits. Welcome to PogRx, Dr. Rubenstein. Dr. Rubenstein, welcome so much to the show. It is a pleasure to have you. How are you doing today? I am doing great, thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Good. So, I'm so pumped to talk to you for many reasons, but one of them is you got this really cool position in May of 2021, Chief Wellness Officer. And to, the, to my knowledge, that doesn't exist anywhere else, right? That's, that's just you, just misfits. So talk to me about that. I know, right? It's like a pioneer position. Right? I love it. Yeah. Um, well, because I, what I've noticed in esports and like kind of being on the sidelines for a long time is that there are lots of psychologists involved, wellness professionals involved, you know, at the kind of professional level, but not at the executive level. And so decisions are being made and then kind of what's left over is being given to, you know, wellness and mental health and, but not being prioritized. And so I've been pushing for like, there needs to be an exec position that kind of from the top down is looking at, okay, what are the priorities here with mental health and physical health and just overall well-being of the org of the players and teams? And how do we make sure that that's included in the budget and, you know, all of these things that we're doing? Because if it's not, you're, it's going to be reflected all the way through and down. Um, so it's a cultural shift that needs to happen. And Hopefully we're just starting a trend, um, you know, that other orgs pick up on and take after. I love that you said like to, for it to be included in the budget because so many orgs have the idea of starting these healthy mm -hmm. pro -roll programs, have the idea of doing these healthy things, but then, you know, the coach goes to a professional and says, hey, we want you to come talk to our team for two hours. And the professional says, okay, that's going to be 400 bucks. And right. the org's like, no, what do you mean by that for? We don't, we're not gonna. It's, right. So you're in there making those decisions. Right. And just being helpful in that, in that regard, because you can just like how chairs are sponsored, right? Gaming chairs and had, you know, the microphones and the computers and same thing. You get mental health or wellness companies and that will start to increase the revenue that can be used for the programming and it should be you know it's not that we're saying that it can't come from other um, ventures you know we can get sponsors and things like that to help kind of supplement the cost because it is expensive these programs are expensive which is why i think orgs kind of stay away or just will hire one general person to kind of take over everything which is way too much and doesn't usually end up being very successful yeah or the and the one person they hire has like a master's degree in you know, psychology, and yeah. they're asking them to do 47 different mm -hmm. jobs outside of the realm of their... I know, right? And that would be, a, that would actually be more, a more qualified person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, than usual. So, um, but yeah, it's just kind of picking, being able to get people that specialize in certain areas to do what they do best. And the orgs will reap the benefits, um, just like they do in professional, traditional sports. So we need to kind of catch up. So what kind of benefits do you think orgs can get from having someone like a chief wellness officer or having these positions? I think the benefits will be throughout the org. So not just the competitive side, which I think obviously is what we think of first is the competitive, um, the player side, which is where we'll see the most probably visible results um, in terms of the benefit, which is awesome. Um, but also with the employees, like creating a culture where people want to work. 
creating an org where people want to work as burnout and esports orgs, they go hand in hand. It's a very fast pace. There's so much um, asked of everyone and the learning curve is so steep. So it's, it's just so, so much. And I think that reducing burnout will be able to keep employees, keep them happy. Um, and that's really important because you want people that love what they do, are happy, and are not going to deteriorate after a couple of years. Um, and it speaks a lot, you know, for the org itself. So we want that, you know, employees, we want them to be happy. And then it creates a culture within the org that, you know, we are kind of walking the talk. So not just asking this the players, but everyone around the players are, you know, similarly living kind of these healthy habits and healthy lives. Um, because I think it's, if we're asking something the players, we need to be modeling that as well within the infrastructure. So that's the key. Um, so I think it's obviously, we think very player-based and that is a huge focus, but it's also the employees. I love talking about combating burnout because it's such a buzzword sometimes, but mm -hmm. we don't actually do a lot of things to actively combat burnout unless it's meaningful and poignant. So if yeah. you, if you're, if I'm an esports org leader and I want to help combat burnout and I don't have a chief wellness officer, are there any yeah. immediate easy things that you can start with that you, that you have found success with? I would say making sure, first of all, taking the temperature of your employees, like most of them are pretty vocal about this, um, that they are very close to burning out, they're very stressed out. Um, and if they are creating ways to reduce that stress, right? So looking at, are we utilizing all the resources in-house that we have to be able to, let's say, if, the sales team is really stressed out right now. Do they have all the supports that they need in place? Um, maybe it's the creatives that are very, you know, overwhelmed. Well, kind of looking at what's going on in there, how can we make sure that they're actually taking the time that they need off and kind of reinforcing the importance of that from the top so they don't feel like they just have to go, go, go without ever taking a break, ever stopping, ever handing something off to someone else, teams working together within the org, um, even if you're under one umbrella, being able to collaborate, um, I think is key. And I think really, when you're looking at your employees, remembering that they are humans um, and asking, is this something you can reasonably take on right now before throwing more and more and more and more? Um, because burnout is real. And if you keep throwing things on, you know, a few employees, which people tend to do, it's going to come crashing down. And I think orgs definitely see that. Yeah. Especially the good ones, you know, the, the person who's getting the stuff in before exactly. the deadline, you're like, oh, here's yeah. another project. Here's another one and another one and another one. You never have to sleep, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Big group work energy yeah. right there. I know, right? So you've been there since May and you start, or not, you know, in this position since May mm -hmm. and, you know, it hasn't been that long and it's been the middle yeah. of a pandemic and things aren't back to normal. So mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, there's been a lot of hurdles for you to overcome and just getting the temperature of the org has been the first step for you. But are there any programs or initiatives that you have started that you would like to talk about or you're excited about? Yeah, yeah. So I think step one has been temperature, right? Like getting the lay of the ground has been huge. Um, it's been far more um, complicated and immense than I ever imagined from the outside. Um, all the layers of an esports org, especially one with three different franchise teams um, on 
you know, one in Europe, two in America. Um, no team is the same. Employees all over the world. Um, so we've got people in-house, you know, we've got two main physical offices, but then people are also virtual. So kind of trying to check in and get with teams, finding out what their needs are, and then the competitive teams. And I've really started with the League of Legends team to start with. Um, so when I started, they were kind of in the midst of a split and kind of wanted to hit the ground running. So started with them, with the players and hit the ground running. And it's been this, the shift has been so successful um, and transformative, which is, it's really incredible to watch and to see, and also to kind of remind, remind us all of like how much of a difference wellness overall can um, make. And I think that is going to be the biggest kind of, model and you know thing that kind of just shines out i know there was a picture of yesterday the lec posted of our team between um games and they're in the break room the whole team meditating on the table are all like nuts and fruits and water and i'm like that is the most beautiful picture i've ever seen in my life (laughs) literally i'm like was that staged no it wasn't staged so i'm like this is that is everything that i could have ever have wanted and envisioned so usually it's like the junk food and they're just lounging around but it was it was beautiful um but with our, so really starting with that team, doing a full like assessment of their needs and getting the right people in place to help them, not just one person, but people. Um, and then the org itself, I've been talking to teams. So like the sales team, the creative team, giving talks on burnout to them and then having kind of one-on-ones with people that requested it after those talks. And it's just giving me a pulse of kind of where to go from here um, as I build out more structure um, and the Call of Duty team is next. They will be moving in-house um, to South Florida in with their next when they start in their next season. So um, they will be up next for that, and we will see what happens. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's one of the things with with esports and with your position. It's like, okay, what do I do in my position? You can't look at other examples, really, because there aren't any other chief wellness officers. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It is wild. It's, so, it's so fun though, right? Because you get to create this whole blueprint and there's no wrong thing to do because anything is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I'm really just like learning as I go and it is, it is amazing. It truly is because there's so much growth that can happen mm-hmm. and I'm seeing it firsthand. So I can only imagine, you know, other orgs, if once they get to see like for themselves, like the possibilities that they're going to want to kind of go to the next level with it. Um, and I think it's going to be necessary because I think we're going to start to see major differences between orgs that do take this seriously and don't. 100%. I mean, yeah. we talk about League of Legends, you know, you, you have hundreds of players that I can think of mm-hmm. who had to retire because of burnout mm-hmm. or physical injuries, like Woozy retired last year, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, um, people are, so many people are retiring. Yeah, Fab Event just retired. Um, this year mm-hmm. is one of our older players, um, like not older, but yeah. was an old like prior 17. player. Yeah, yeah no, he's <laughs> probably like 23, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, player burnout and kind of, it is a real thing in esports and it's a real downside, you know, for mm-hmm. you, cause you put so much of your resources into these players. Yeah. And you, you don't want to do it for one year. 
especially in league too, because you know if you put all of your 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 you're growing this ADC, your support player knows how to work with the ADC. Your you know your mid laner, your top laner, they all they all know how to work together. And then at 22, your ADC is like, ah, I'm done. The whole right. structure of the team shifts. All of it shifts, yeah. And just, like, it's not that physical, right? It's not that physical. It shouldn't be that stressful. There should, you know, we work in higher stress situations for right. longer, but somehow in esports, right. 23 is retirement age. Right, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. So it's like, how do we expand, extend our lifespan here mm -hmm. um, and give them a career that's longer so that they don't get to that place at 23 and have to, you know, it's a very hard place to be at mm -hmm. such a young age. Yeah. And imagine just how much better teams are going to be if these oh players are playing till 26, 27, because you have that right. team chemistry, you have the, the building of the resources and the communication. And all of a sudden yeah. you take this player who's amazing at 23 and is going to be the best of all time at 27 and right. wellness exactly. officers are how we get there exactly 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 yeah there's it's only it's really only up that you can go from here which is really exciting and these players it benefits everyone which i think is the cool thing so that is there no one really is hurt by this aside from like the wallet no one's hurt by it <laughs> so, yeah but in the long run the wallet will be better because you're not having to spend 100%, money on this. 100%, 100%, yes. Bad. So I have one more question because we are almost out of time. We'll have two more mm -hmm. questions, but. Okay. So uh, when I started in eSports, I um, started working with this 2K team and mm -hmm. uh, we, I showed up to their first training session with the athletic trainer. It was great, there, everyone was there, everyone was motivated. And then I showed up a month later to a follow-up session and there was one person there. They all just decided not to come. There wasn't a lot of buy-in. There wasn't a lot of motivation to, to take this resource that was given to them and use it. Did you have that in the beginning from your players? And, and how did you, are there any tips that you use to generate buy-in? Yeah, so our players, we the, one, the League of Legends team, employees have been amazing. Honestly, they were all curious, a pretty, a pretty good balance of players that are young. The young ones are like anything that will help me, I'm in. Um, and the more experienced knew about how important this is. Um, so it came from teams where this was something that was helpful. So everyone was open, no one was resistant, which was amazing. Um, the one thing that I have really talked to Martin, um, who is the head of, head of EU, it's a weird title, but yeah, he runs League of Legends in Germany, um, is that recruitment, and this will be for all of our teams when we're recruiting players, um, in general, you know, as an org, it's going to be important that this is something that they know ahead of time. This is a part of our culture. And so this has to be a good fit for them in that sense, too. So if they're very anti any of these things, that's going to be really important for us because it will not fit with our culture. Um, so that's, you know, I think that's going to be really telling to see because if we are doing this, it's going to, the right players are going to have to come because we don't, when you push something on someone, it doesn't work. So we want them motivated as well. And we got really lucky that these players were motivated, but I know that's not always the case. So as a kind of general stance, it's going to be a part of recruitment that they they buy in before they start. And it's a part of their you know contract and their obligations. 
clear expectations also leads Fair. to decreased burnout. Exactly. Exactly. I follow you on Instagram. I know. I, I love know. it. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Uh, okay. So my very last question um, is, this is not medical advice to everyone at home. The name of the show is PogRx, play of the game prescription. So if you were going to give people, you're going to write a fake prescription, not a real prescription, not medical <laughs> advice, um, for <sighs> one tip that's going to make someone better at video game that they can implement relatively easy, mm-hmm. what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. It would be um, actually find your why. So instead of the how, like, you know, how to do it, I want you to know exactly why you want to get better at this game. What is your why? And I want you to magnify that why and make it visual if you can in some way. So what is your why? Is it enjoyment? Is it a value that you have? What is it? Then after you figure out your why, I want you to look at the how, but I want you to look at the how in more than one direction. So not just skills, but I also want you to look at, you know, looking at communication out of game. I want you to look at how you're feeling out of game. That will give you a competitive edge over others in game. So not just the how in game, but also out of game and look at how you can translate the skills that you use in game to out of game um, and practice in different settings. So that would be first why then look at the how i gotta go do this i gotta go sit by myself and do this because i, I was just it. it just like made my brain go i know right it's like i know i love it i love it i love this because when, when, when we talk to different people in the industry everyone has such different advice mm-hmm. but such good advice like everyone has like one tip that you can actually do and it'll just it'll blow your mind yeah. it'll blow your it'll mind and it's, I've seen it in practice. I've seen it and I've seen players so they have it literally at their, where they practice, right? Like, what is their why? Why are they doing this? So that in those hard moments when they just feel like giving up or they're upset and they need to keep their goal, their why is right there, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it re kind of attaches you to the bigger reason so you don't get caught up in that tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Dr. Rumstein, you are amazing. Um, you are amazing. <sighs> Stop. Oh. oh my god. So your Twitter Twitter handle or Twitter handle, wow. Yeah. That yeah. speech impediment from fourth grade really oh, coming no. out right now. I know, right? Always oh. with a psychologist. Oh. What happened? I know. Your Twitter is below you, so that's where people can find you. You're also Perfect. super active on Instagram, which is I the am. best. Um what else Thank where else you. can people find you? Those are two great places. Yeah. I think pretty everything's connected. I feel like you just Google somebody right. to find them out there. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing thank your you. knowledge. Congrats on the new role. I think you're gonna revolutionize the esports industry. Aww. And I'm happy yep. to happy to be interviewing you right now. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Dr. Rubenstein wants you to find your why. The pros are doing it. Why aren't you? The people who have joined this show. Dr. Rubenstein, Taylor Johnson, Amon Green are changing the face of esports. They are. They are. It's, it's simple. And they are providing us with tools we need to get better. So you can either listen to them or your opponent will. The person who's, who wants the same spot as you on that Call of Duty team will. So either you listen to them or they will. Right? You have the tools you need. Find your why. Find your why. That's it for our show. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, GamerDoc. This is PogRx. Have a happy and a healthy week.